coverage. This is the PFT PM podcast. And now your host, Mike Florio. Tuesday edition of PFT PM feels like a Monday, the day after the long Memorial Day weekend. We did PFT PM on Monday via PFT AM because the PFT PM posse took over PFT Live. And it was better with the PFT PM posse teeing up the questions than if Stats had been there. Stats, who failed to show his commitment to the show by not coming to work that day. Okay, it was his day off, but it was my day off too, and I still showed up. Of course, I only had to walk from my bedroom to my office. It's like an hour drive for him, so I'll cut him some slack. No, wait, why cut him slack? It's no fun to cut him slack. We're going to cut Nick Foles some slack as it relates to the trade that could have sent him to the Browns because he said on Tuesday he didn't know about it. I haven't turned down anything. We haven't talked about anything. At the end of the day, I'm not the GM of the team, meaning the Eagles. I have a great relationship with Howie Roseman to where if something did happen, we could have a discussion. But at the end of the day, he gets to decide. See, there was a lot of talk about what the Eagles owe Nick Foles, if anything, for him winning the Super Bowl in place of Carson Wentz. And you could make the argument that the Eagles should have gone to Nick Foles with any trade offer and asked him, Nick, what do you want? Because if you want to do this, we'll help you because you deserve a financial windfall that another team would be inclined to give you. Now, that's where Foles comes into play because if you're going to trade Foles' contract to the Browns, as it is, there's a chance Foles is going to say, ah, no thanks. I mean, I'll show up, but I won't be involved in any off-season programs. I, I'm, you know, you're, you're wasting your money because I really don't want to be there. I mean, you need your quarterback to be all in, unless it's Tom Brady, who's clearly not all in, but that's a different story. But I feel like that at some level you could make the reasonable argument the Eagles owed it to Nick Foles to work with him in some way to help him find an opportunity elsewhere. Now, I don't know that this would have been a great opportunity for him because if the Browns were still hell-bent on taking Baker Mayfield number one overall, what really is it for Nick Foles? It's a chance to start until Baker Mayfield's ready. And how much sizzle does it really add for the Browns? Oh, it's the Super Bowl MVP, but it's still Nick Foles. And we've seen what happens to Nick Foles when he plays for other teams. We saw what happened when he played for the Rams, a team that once was in Cleveland. It didn't go well. Do we really think it would go well for Nick Foles in Cleveland? But he didn't know anything about it. He didn't say no to it because he didn't know anything about it. So that's the latest twist in the Nick Foles saga. Brandon Marshall joining the Seattle Seahawks. Another effort by... The Seahawks to build the team around Russell Wilson. Get him some help. Make it his team. And I think the Seahawks potentially will be a factor this year. Brandon Marshall's been in the NFL since 2006. He's never played in a playoff game. Maybe this is a year that that streak ends. Last year, the Seahawks were 9-7. and seven. People are writing them off. They were 9-7. and seven. Demarius Randall, the safety who was traded from Green Bay to the Browns this offseason, he has vowed that if the Cavaliers beat the Warriors for the NBA championship, Randall will buy a jersey for everyone who retweeted his post. 
Someone said there's zero chance he'll deliver. Randall said there's a 100% chance he comes through. It's been retweeted 330,000 330, times. If you can somehow get a deal for 10 bucks a shirt, which you're not going to get that deal for an NBA jersey, that's 3.3 million. 3.3 million. So Randall's going to have a little bit of a problem here. And he gets the benefit of all the retweets and everything that goes along with it to the extent that, you know, people care about getting retweets and followers. He's only got 105,000 followers. His tweet's been retweeted 330,000 times. He's got 105,000 followers. Yeah, I, he's, uh, I don't know how this is going to play out, but it's kind of an interesting little twist on an otherwise slow-ish day. Philip Rivers supporting the possibility of Antonio Gates returning to the Chargers now that Hunter Henry is out for the year with a torn ACL. We'll see what the Chargers want to do. I still say I'd call the Patriots and inquire about Rob Gronkowski. You know, Gronk is beyond that one-year waiting period for redoing his contract. Hasn't gotten a new contract yet. We'll see where that stands. Hasn't shown up for OTAs yet. And I think he'll show up for OTAs once he gets his new contract, whenever that may be. How about the story Chris Sims told today on PFT Live about John Gruden's intensity? Chris Sims is on his honeymoon in Italy, and Gruden keeps calling and calling and calling. And eventually Chris comes home two days early because Gruden wants him back. That all came up because we were talking about Gruden's adjustment to the NFL, an NFL that is very different than it was when Gruden last coached the Buccaneers or in any capacity because of the restrictions presented by the new CBA. Well, new, seven-year-old CBA. How's it going to go for Gruden? It's going to be fascinating. You know, I said today on PFT Live, there's a chance that the Raiders finish fourth in that division. When you consider what the Chargers, Broncos, and Chiefs have, it could be a very, very interesting year. Odo Beckham Jr., pretty close to being fully cleared. I still wouldn't participate in any OTAs if I were he until I get paid. I want to get paid. Get me my contract. I'm not taking any more physical risks until I get my contract. And remember there was a report from NFL Network that Odo Beckham Jr. was not going to set foot on the field until he gets his new contract? Well, he hasn't gotten his new contract, and he's been setting foot on the field for individual drills. We'll see if he sets foot on the field for OTAs once he's cleared to participate. That's pretty much the rundown of everything that's happened since this morning. Kind of a a slow-ish day, as I said, but better than the three days over the weekend when nothing was happening at all. We still had 15 to 20 stories every day, and we've got plenty up today. You can check everything out at profootballtalk.com. That's the summary of what's happening in the NFL. And... Now let's answer some questions. I have limited time today. I started at about 20 after 4. got to be done at 5 to do the Tom Curran quick slant show. He's calling me at 5. I pushed it as late as I could. So I have a half hour to answer your questions. Let's see what PFTPM Posse has offered up. 
Man of Water 3615, with the leak coming out that the league office ran a poll about Kaepernick. Is it possible that Kaepernick could prove at least 14 teams colluded against him, thus terminating the collective bargaining agreement? Now, remember, there is that term in the CBA that allows for the CBA to be terminated prematurely if there is a sufficient level of collusion. I think it's a practical matter. By the time the litigation would be resolved, the collective bargaining agreement is going to expire anyway. And I don't know, maybe the thing you do, you you delay a finding until after the new CBA is done. Uh, There's just no point because who cares, right? When the deal is done, the deal is done, and the players aren't going to strike anyway. They just aren't going to. They're not going to go without their game checks. I wouldn't, and we've seen time and again that that doesn't work. Whether it's a lockout or a strike, the players are not going to miss games. Anytime anyone criticizes the deal that DeMora Smith did as the NFLPA executive director back in 2011, my response is, wait a minute. None of the players were going to miss game checks. So they had to do the best deal they could at a time when the money was going to start evaporating. They ultimately missed only one preseason game, the Hall of Fame game. So I don't know where this collusion case is going to go, but I think if there is an attack on the CBA, by the time that it would be officially concluded due to a violation of the collusion prohibition, the CBA will be terminated by virtue of its expiration date. PFTPM Posse member SARS Monster 15, who has a son named James who loves Heinz Ward, has gotten more interested in football due to the podcast and hearing Dad's questions answered. Maybe we can save youth football. James also laughed and how stats on fire cut his pancakes. It's really not a question, PFTP and Posse. I'm looking to answer questions here. Tom G. Post, do you think a difference between karate slash UFC and high school college football NFL is that the latter is part of an official farm system making the NFL influence on amateur sports stronger? Yeah, but I just think that it's when mom and dad watch NFL football, they see that and they think that's what little Jimmy is playing and also kids emulate what they see. I don't think kids who are in karate class emulate what they see in a UFC event. So they see their heroes on Sunday and they want to be them and they play football the way they see it played. I think that's really the issue. PFTP and Posse, who are the small handful of powerful owners that run the league? John Merrow, we know, I assume Art Rooney and maybe Jerry, but who else? You got to put Robert Kraft in that mix as well. I think Clark Hunt has some juice, some real juice, but it's really John Mara and Art Rooney, Jerry Jones, although how much power does Jerry Jones really have now in the aftermath of all that ugliness last year? I don't know. But I think you have some owners who are very active, you have some owners who just are there, and then you have owners who are just kind of kooky. We know who they are. I don't need to name them, do I? Do I really need to name them? I'm not going to. I don't want... It's a short week. I don't want anyone in NBC have to get a phone call this week. Maybe next week. Not this week. PFTPM Posse. With no seeming end in sight for the Tom Brady situation in New England, could you see Tom playing the ultimate FU card and retiring before training camp? Or... 
uh, the start of the season. Maybe he shows up and Bill Belichick is a dick and Tom says, I've had enough. All their good backups are gone now. Oh, yeah, it does put him in a tough spot. And I remember when Tom Curran wrote something that really caused me to believe this is a real issue. I thought, man, this would be something if if Tom Brady would pull a Barry Sanders and retire right before training camp starts. And that prompted Adam Schefter's non-report report that Tom Brady has yet to provide a clear statement that he plans to play next year, ignoring the fact that Schefter himself had tweeted a quote from Brady on Super Bowl Sunday to Jim Gray that Brady plans on playing next year. But who cares? It's non-binding. Tom Brady can grab a megaphone and stand on the top of the Empire State Building and tell the world, I plan on playing football next year and still change his mind. What's going to happen if he does? If he retires middle of July, people aren't going to say, oh, Tom, you lying piece of shit. You said you were playing. People are going to say, oh, my God, Tom Brady's not playing this year. He's retired. Circumstances change. And I think when he shows up, mandatory minicamp, training camp, whenever, I think Bill Belichick's not going to be able to help himself. He's going to needle him. And he'll make snide comments. Well, the guys who were here for the offseason program, they're aware of what we're trying to do with some of you who weren't here. It's going to take you some extra time to get up to speed. What if Brady's not the starter when he comes back? What if he gets installed at number two and has to earn his way back in? I mean, look at the stuff Belichick does. No jersey numbers for the rookies. And then when he was forced to give them jersey numbers, he's given them crazy numbers that they'd never be able to wear in a game. That's just the way Belichick is. So people think when Brady finally shows up, it's the end. I think it's the beginning. And I think it could get very interesting and very ugly. Reverend Markworth asks, does Bill Belichick get mad enough to bench Tom Brady if and when he shows up for training camp slash regular season? I could see him. Now, look, this is all about whether or not one guy is bigger than the team. And Drew Bledsoe was bigger than the team back in the early part of the last decade, and that contributed to the sense that Bill Belichick was thinking about going with Tom Brady. Brady's making himself bigger than the team. Oh, yes, these are voluntary workouts. So what? Bill Belichick wants him there. It's got to be driving him crazy. Wouldn't it be funny if Brady shows up and Brady's running with the twos at first? Because Brian Hoyer is the one who's been there. That would be hilarious if that happens. Recliner QB, we haven't heard any bowling updates lately. What are you doing now instead? Yeah, you know, I had a bad night at the bowling alley and I never went back. And it also got warmer. A lot of outside time now. We got a nice patio here. Have a little fire pit outside. Spend time out there. We have a nice, it's almost like a picnic shelter. It was a, the area where we have the grill, we had a pergola over it. What's the point of a pergola? It doesn't stop anything. Rain and or bird shit. I've been shat upon while under the pergola. Not now. A roof. You can go out there and grill in all elements. If it's hot, you walk under that thing and you're instantly cooled off. Spend a lot of time outside this time of year. Also watching hockey and basketball down in the barn. Just being around family, enjoying the nice weather. We'll bowl again when it's crappy out. And when I'm less crappy at it. The Real Forno, with the XFL not announcing anything after their intent to restart the league in 2020, what do you believe Vince McMahon's master plan is? I think that he announced when he did just to steal the thunder of the Alliance of American Football because it's obvious to me they've got nothing going on because they'd be leaking it. 
Why would you not be saying what you're planning to do just to take headlines away from the Alliance of American Football? I don't think they know what they're going to do. They're two years away from launching, and I think they announced it when they did to just be first in the land rush, even though the AAF has six teams announced. The Chargers, former home of San Diego, will have the sixth spot. The other ones are Orlando, Memphis, Atlanta, Salt Lake City, and Tempe. So number six will be San Diego. Till Still two spots left. We'll see where they go. But I just think the XFL came back out when it did just just to keep the Alliance of American Football from taking over. Reverend Mark Worth, will anyone actually give Adrian Peterson a job if someone gets injured or is he just done? I think when an injury happens, that's when Adrian Peterson becomes very attractive. No one's going to sign him to be second or third string. Third string on the depth chart, you need to be playing special teams. Second string, you need to accept that role. And I don't think Adrian Peterson, no matter what he's saying now to get himself in a training camp, I don't think he's going to accept being second fiddle to anyone. Because if he thinks, I had to yawn there, if he thinks, not that I'm bored, I'm just tired. If he thinks he's the best running back in the NFL, then ipso facto, he's the best running back on the roster whenever he gets signed. So we saw how he grumbled in New Orleans last year. I think teams are concerned about that. If and when a starter tears an ACL, pops an Achilles, whatever, I think that's when the door opens for Adrian Peterson. The Impact 99 are the Bengals this year's favorite to earn the top draft pick next year. Why does Andy Dalton always get a bad rep for being above average or for his above average barely play? I I don't think they're a candidate to have the first overall pick. Now, there isn't a team that I'm willing to say this year has no chance. Every year it feels like a team has no chance. But I wouldn't say the Bengals are in contention for the first overall pick. The teams that I think need to worry are, and I know this cuts against the whole glass half full phenomenon, but I would say that the Browns, the Colts, if Andrew Luck is hurt, the Washington franchise, the Bears potentially, the Cardinals, but I wouldn't say the Bengals. Andrew Yeh, will the XFL be able to attract well-known coaching candidates as effectively as the AAF? Last time around, they weren't able to. Is that a sign the AAF will likely be the number two professional football league? Are three leagues feasible for professional football? Well, two leagues have never been feasible. But the difference now, gambling. And it's going to be key for the XFL to not play on the days that the AAF plays because you want people to have a full opportunity to gamble on your event. It's going to take some time to get to the point where the gambling really takes off to the level where it's generating enough revenue to make this all sustainable. But I think gambling is going to give other football leagues an opportunity to flourish. I think it'll help the Canadian football league because within a matter of weeks, if your state has betting, you could be betting on the Edmonton Eskimos and the Hamilton Tiger Cats, etc., etc. Burn unit. How does the league know when you say something that warrants a phone call? Do they hire people to listen to podcasts such as PFTPM and be the ears of the NFL? I don't know if they're listening to this yet. 
but they do monitor what we do. I remember seeing at one time ESPN had two different people who constantly monitor what's on PFT. The league office knows what we write at the website. I don't know how much they know about what we say. And I think it's more driven by what we write. But a lot of the things I say will end up being written at some point anyway. So I haven't heard lately of any phone calls to complain. I had to eat another yawn. I'm really tired. I didn't take a nap today. I only got five hours of sleep last night. I didn't take a nap today. So after I do this Tom Curran thing, I think I'm going to take one of those dreaded late afternoon naps. It's going to keep me up till 3 a.m. I'm sure you're all very fascinated by that. Recline to QB, do you think the Seahawks gave Brandon Marshall permission to attend to his TV duties during the season? I assume so. Well, on Inside the NFL, you're going to be flying from Seattle to New York. Do you really want to do that on your day off? I don't know that when you have one day off a week, when you could be getting extra treatment, when you could just be relaxing, you want to be flying cross-country. My, my guess is, unless they set him up with some sort of a fiber connection or they do it from the team facility, he's not going to be doing it except on his bye week. I just think it's a point where it, it's not worth it. It's too much of an issue. It's too much of a distraction, the bad kind of distraction. Black 88 Elite, do you think that with the players being required to stand, what Colin Kaepernick took a knee for is a lost cause? No, it's not a lost cause, because I think that the fact that the players are now prohibited from protesting during the anthem is going to cause more players to speak out. We've had Tory Smith, Mark Herzlick speak out today about the situation. I think more will have something to say, and I think as the season approaches, there will be other things that players come up with for the purposes of bringing attention to ultimately what was the purpose, the cause, the motivation for the protests. The treatment of African Americans and people of color by police. Not all police, but just enough to make it troubling. Recliner QB, how likely is it that the NFL will allow Dr. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif to put MD on his jersey? That would be great. If they let him put the last name with the hyphen in MD. I mean, they let Senior, Junior, the third... I'd say put MD on there. Faisal asks, what position could go through the most change with the new helmet rule? Is it the offensive line, running backs? I think it's defensive backs. Those are the ones who deliver those hits, helmet first. And depending upon how strictly this penalty is called in the trenches, it could affect the offensive line. It could affect the quarterback sneak. It could affect the between the tackles running game dramatically. The real Forno, with your inclusion of Jim Brown in the PFT, PFT draft today, how much did you consider Gale Sayers? I considered him somewhat. Walter Payton would have made it before Jim, uh, before uh, 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 Gale Sayers. Jim Brown just, now again, that was kind of before my time. Actually, it was really before my time. That's how old Jim Brown is. He played before my time. But Jim Brown was a force of nature. He was unstoppable. And should Walter Payton have got in, I don't know. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. That's why I expanded it to four rounds. Usually it's three. Very difficult to do. Matt in Beantown, who do you think should be the next person to get inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a contributor? My nominee is Gil Brandt. I think Gil Brandt would deserve some consideration. I think the next one's going to be Pat Bolin, the Broncos owner, who's been fighting Alzheimer's disease for years now. I think they want to get him in during his lifetime. And he's under consent this year. 
but I think Gilbrandt deserves some consideration as well. Longhorn Justin, what's the genesis of your what you missed while you weren't working phrase? That's what we call the final segment of the PFT Live show in the morning because typically what happens is people check the website when they are working. So when they're not working, they miss things. So right about 8.50 a.m. Eastern time, that's when people are settling in. So it's kind of a nod to the fact that that's when we see the uptick in traffic because people aren't going to waste their time checking out websites like PFT when they're on their own time. But when they're wasting their boss's time, they'll gladly waste some time on us. I hope that answers your question. The Real Forno, how would the league slash ownership react in comparison to the players if the head coach kneeled during the anthem? Oh, boy. That would be something. That that would be a problem. Yeah, uh, uh, that would be a problem. I don't know what the reaction would be, but that would be a huge deal if that would occur. The Real Forno is the AAF making the smart decision, spreading their franchises across the country. It feels like it could be a big risk with the extra travel expenses off the bat. I don't disagree with that. You clustered the first eight teams in a regional area where it's cheaper to get the players from point A to point B. You're going to have teams from Orlando to San Diego to Salt Lake City to Phoenix. And, you know, maybe it'll be four teams in the West, four teams in the East, and maybe the schedule will be skewed where they play those teams more often. I mean, the way it's working out geographically, you've got three teams in the East, three teams in the West. Maybe there'll be one more team in the East, one more team in the West. I kind of hope Pittsburgh gets a team. Morgantown, West Virginia. Hey, Charlie Ebersol, give us a team in Morgantown. I'll promote it. I'll do what I have to do. I think we could draw some people for a Morgantown Alliance of American football team. West Virginia something. I mean, we have Orlando, Memphis, Atlanta. I think maybe Columbus, Ohio. Wouldn't that be potentially intriguing? Skew it toward former Ohio State players. Recliner QB, Trump will meet with Kim Jong-un. Is there any scenario where you could see him accepting Mark Herzlick's offer to meet with the players? No. I don't see it happening. Black 88 Elite, with the changes to the running game as a result of the helmet rule, could you name five running backs who you think might actually excel in this type of game? Or really, any running back who who runs outside and catches passes. Saquon Barkley, the second overall pick this year. So any any type of a speed outside running back, a Jarek McKinnon. But if you're between the tackles runner and they apply this helmet rule literally, you could have some trouble because you can't put your head down to blast through the line anymore. What else do we have here? Sean Alvishire, don't you think the NBA business model is somewhat astonishing? 98% of teams have no chance of winning a title, predictive outcomes, meaningless season, and need only to watch final five minutes of the product during May and June. Why is the product so financially successful? I don't know. I mean, ESPN gave them a gigantic broadcast deal, but I don't know why they are that financially successful. I'd like to put their numbers up against the NFLs. I still think the NFL does a heck of a lot better. On tour forever, why do you think we're not seeing much lately on the free agent front? Has the money all been spent or are teams just waiting in case of injuries? I mean, teams have 90 players in camp or up to 90. 
they're working on the guys they have. And if the guys they have aren't working out, then that's when you start looking elsewhere. So it doesn't surprise me. Sergio D, how does Brandon Marshall get a job before Des Bryant? Well, I don't think Des Bryant would have taken the offer that that Brandon Marshall took. I think it's that simple. Sergio D, did Billy the Kid really come from your hometown of Wheeling, West Virginia, or did Billy Joel use some artistic license when writing the lyrics to his song, Billy the Kid? That's a great question, Sergio. I remember when I was a kid and first became aware that that was the first line of Billy Joel's Billy the Kid song from a town known as Wheeling, West Virginia. That's like this stupid point of pride. Hey, he acknowledges we exist. I like that. I think that he took some liberties. Not that it rhymed. I don't think there was a a lyrical construct that needed a rhyme for West Virginia. So, I... I don't know why he picked Wheeling, West Virginia, but I do not think Billy the Kid. I remember, now you can't research it in Google back in those days. Maybe it was in the World Book Encyclopedia that Billy the Kid was not from Wheeling, West Virginia. Airboss 1971, how did Stats on Fire get his nickname? I do not know. That was his nickname from the moment I met him because he's supposedly good with stats. I'll take his word for that. Sergio D, give me a birthday shout-out. It's May 30 in Australia. Happy birthday, Sergio D. Yes, we are both Geminis. We are in the Gemini window. I remember when I was a kid, during that Gemini window, how pathetic this was. I'd read the horoscope. Because Gemini was always on top. It was like, this is a special month. Gemini's first. And it's all bullshit. I mean, it's... Obvious observations that can apply to anyone at any time. Do, is it still in there? And I always remember I was excited when it was my birthday. Your birthday today. And it's always some flowery, right? Wouldn't it be funny your birthday today? You are a real dick. Your life is going nowhere. Why do you even bother? Why don't you just give it up? That would be funny. Paul PJ5, why do you make fun of Stats for cutting up his pancakes before he eats them? It's the best way to eat pancakes. Do all the work, then enjoy. Well, I now know what Stats Burner account is. Stats is Paul PJ5. Would you support the Super Bowl becoming a best of three is a question from at Tree True. I've been thinking about that recently with the Stanley Cup final and the NBA finals. That would be a weird reality. You go spend the whole week before game one, and then you hang around another full week for game two, and then maybe, if necessary, game three. You wouldn't have the same Super Bowl experience. Unless what you would do is have game one at a neutral site and then have that full one-week buildup. Game two would be at the site of the NFC champion. Game three at the site of the AFC champion. I don't know. I... I'm always in favor of more football, but all of a sudden turning the Super Bowl into a best of three, I don't think that would work. I don't think anybody would ever go for it, although it would be fascinating. All right, I got to wrap soon because Tom Curran's calling me for his program. 
on tour forever, how is staying in the locker room during the anthem really any different than being on the sidelines kneeling? The TV cameras are going to focus on the locker room tunnel to see who's coming out after the anthem plays. Right, but we don't actually see them kneeling. I Look, the NFL screwed this thing up. Let's call it what it is. This is one of the arguments I got into last week with whoever it was from NFL Network about the beef that I supposedly have with NFL Network and its reporters. Who, who from NFL Network is able to go on the air and say, man, the NFL really screwed this thing up? They really did. They took something that was bad and found a way to make it worse. New and definitely not improved. Now what do they do? Do they acknowledge they screwed it up and get back together again? That's what they should do. But they screwed it up. And if the NFL wants to call NBC and complain that I'm stating the obvious, they have screwed it up. They need to hire a senior level executive VP of communications who can give them good advice. They are making bad decisions on the anthem policy. They're making it worse instead of better. If they're mad about me saying that, well, sorry. How about not screw up your anthem policy? How about make good decisions? How about be sensitive to your players? How about have a real compromise? Not something that your in-house reporters call a compromise and then act like, oh, I didn't, I wasn't trying to make it sound like a compromise between the teams and the players. Yeah, right. The great corn Florio. I don't know about this one. Why do you think Adrian Peterson wants to be picked up by the Packers? Does he still have a bad taste in his mouth from the Vikings? I think the Packers made a ton of sense last year. That was the biggest fear, I think, in 2017 for Vikings fans. Adrian Peterson going to the Packers and Adrian Peterson and Aaron Rodgers teaming up and coming back to Minnesota and winning the Super Bowl in Minnesota. I'm surprised the Packers didn't want him. And it makes me wonder... If Brian Gutekunst had been in charge last year instead of Ted Thompson, would Gutekunst have made a play for him? I think maybe he would have. Alexander Sandov also with the NBA Finals looking kind of set for viewership. If you get my drift, how do you think things... I don't get your drift. I, I don't understand. How do you think things like this will affect the way people look at sports gambling? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, because it looks like it's set up that both teams will drop an L at home. Wait a minute. Eh, I, I don't know. I'm confused. I've been doing this too long. I'm confused by the question. At the C.J. Newman, do you think it's possible the Raiders play at the L.A. Coliseum when the Rams move out until their stadium is ready in Vegas? I doubt that would happen. But it does have to be an NFL-ready stadium. But you're going to put the Raiders in the Coliseum while you have the Rams and the Chargers at Inglewood? I don't think that's happening. I don't think the Rams and the Chargers would go for that. I think they find temporary quarters for the Raiders in Vegas if need be. Or just stay in Oakland. Having John Gruden as the head coach gives you, as a practical matter, more flexibility. Because I think folks in Oakland would be more willing to tolerate the Raiders staying on that one more year, one more year, one more year basis. All right, I got to wrap it up. Tom Curran's calling any minute now. I have to honor my commitment to him because he always honors his commitment to me. And my commitment to you is to find some obscure name here somewhere in the record and fact book so you can recite it to me on Twitter just to make sure that, just to prove that, that you have been listening to the program. Carl Pickens is today's winner. Carl Pickens, former Bengals receiver. All right, let's do this again tomorrow. Ugh, tomorrow may be difficult. I may be able to do it tomorrow. May have to wait till. Oh boy, I gotta. Oh, I gotta go to California soon. Boy, this week's kind of screwed up. Matt Casey, 
who oversees PFT Live. This is no secret. I mean, like multiple hundred people are going to be at the wedding. He's getting married this weekend. We're flying to California on Thursday for the wedding. So I'm out of pocket. Well, you know what? I can always tape one on Friday on my cell phone device like I did in New York. We'll work all this out. We'll figure something out. But tomorrow I got some other things to do too. So I don't know when the next one's going to be. So until next time, whenever next time is, Carl Pickens, have a good day. You can find the PFTPM podcast on Art19, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, and you will, subscribe for automatic downloads. Leave a rating and review. That'll help new listeners find our show and push us up the charts. Search PFTPM for your evening update from Pro Football Talk.